Welcome in, everybody, to News Made Simple with your host, yours truly, Corey Tusick. And uh, then there's also this guy named Philip Gibson. Um, and then there's Luke Mikich, who is traveling the world uh, down there in somewhere in the southern part of the the southern ah! hemisphere. I okay. think he came like up to the think. northern hemisphere and got a little scared. Things were going backwards for him and the toilets flushed the opposite direction so he couldn't <laughs> handle it. Six so months in California will uh, do it to you, Corey. Oh, six months in California. Dude, I was in California for 28 hours. and <laughs> That was and, enough? Yeah, that was, I was like, get me out of here. Yeah. Um, I was really supposed to be there for like 60 hours, but uh, it travel made it only 28. And I I was there and then I was gone. But, um, but anyways, before we get into the news of the week in the shit show that is the Bitcoin space, I want to thank the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet from Shift Crypto. Go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin Made Simple. Use the promo code Bitcoin Made Simple to get 5% off. And that's not just a promo because they're a sponsor. That's also a promo because Jesus Christo, you guys need to get your coins off the exchange. I'm not sure if anybody's noticed, but probably this time next year, all of your coins should be off the exchange because if they're not off the exchange into your cold, your hardware wallet, they'll be off the exchange into somebody else's. Mm. So get rid of them, get them off the exchange, clear your digital accounts. Digital wallets don't count people. Just get yourself a Bitbox O2 hardware wallet and take care of your keys. And let's go to the news. Uh, Corey, gentlemen. here's the news for you. Yeah. 200,000 Bitcoin left the exchanges in the past week. 200 fucking thousand Bitcoin just left the exchanges. If anyone has any sort of Bitcoin left on the exchange, um, there's a bank run going on. Exchanges all around the world have been absolutely drained. If you wait another 10 weeks to get your Bitcoin off the exchange, guess what? There's not going to be any Bitcoin left for you to withdraw. If that rate of supply suffocation continues, obviously a little bit hyperbolic, but it could happen. If we continue to see... 200,000 Bitcoin, leave the exchanges for the next 10 weeks. All of a sudden, there's no Bitcoin on exchanges. There's only 2.1 million coins that's on the exchanges today. Um, so I, I think people really need to uh, listen to that message. Uh, not your keys, not your coins. Uh, this, is, uh, this is the time for urgency. Yeah, I agree. Uh, what do you think, Phil? Sure. Well, I don't necessarily agree that like, I mean, you need to get your keys off the, or you get your coins off the exchange, take control of your private keys, everything like that. Um, but I don't, I guess, I don't see that causing a skyrocket in price. Um, but I do hope for people that they do get their key, their coins off the exchange because safety first. Yeah. I, I mean, I just don't think. To me, I thought that, like, what a good way to artificially suppress the price of Bitcoin. And not that that's what this show and what we're topics about. But, like, I've thought about that for a long time. I'm like, who is selling Bitcoin? Like, who's out there selling? Like, there's not, there aren't people well, selling as much as we think they are. And so there had to have been a lot of paper Bitcoin going around. Well, yeah, but then people were also liquidating on the exchanges to make good on their liabilities because they're all fucked by contagion from FTX. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's a combination of both, but I mean, uh, yeah, I, I think, I don't know. The Bitcoin will 
start to dry up here uh, eventually. And, you know, if you're looking in the proper time horizon, uh, I think in 12 years, the mining reward will be less than one Bitcoin. So, uh, so Corey, should... I feel so rich. Walk me through that logic, Corey. You said that if the coins leave the exchanges, you don't think that's going to uh, have a positive impact on price. It, walk me through why you, you don't believe it will. Yeah, um, what did Magoo say about this? Yeah, Magoo's, Magoo's uh, has a similar viewpoint as well. He doesn't believe, he thinks that's going <clears> to <throat> increase volatility. Um, but I, I probably take the other side of that argument to you guys. I mean, I think it well, could lead to volatility like in the short term, but I, I kind of, I tend to agree with, I think I've heard some of his thoughts on it um, that, you know, like I think it'll be short term volatile um, because, but like to put your coins onto an exchange and sell them, it takes like an hour and a half. You know what I mean? Um, like you get your hardware wallet, you put it over, get it through all the confirmations, sell it, boom. Um, so it's not like, and it doesn't cost a lot of money to, you know, move it. It's, you know, like pennies to, to send it through the exchange or into the exchange. So it's not like whenever people put them on a hardware wallet, it's never going to move. People could move it in a liquidity crisis if they need to, you know, have cash, whatever they need to do. Um, so they could move back now, like that little gap, you know, let's just say for hypothetical purposes, if all of the exchanges were drained and there were no Bitcoin available for sale, sure price would start to go up, but then, you know, within like 40 minutes, somebody would have their coins on there and start selling them. So it's not, I think it would just cause some volatility, but it's just not to me. I don't think it means like, oh, all the coins are going to be gone. So we're going to go like have this moonshot where it never, never comes back down. I agree. Um, people can, you know, send their coins back to exchanges very easily. That obviously makes sense. Um, I just believe that if you look at the on-chain data, uh, it's kind of reflecting uh, that all of these coins are moving to wallets or people who have no intention of selling their Bitcoin. So since 2020, what you've watched is 35% of all the available coins on exchanges leave the exchange and they're moving to wallets who don't have a history of selling. So they're just simply taking those Bitcoin off the exchange, putting it into a wallet and the Bitcoins are never moving again. Uh, so that's obviously uh, long-term holders. That's how you classify uh, those kind of entities who are withdrawing Bitcoin off the exchange. Um, and I think it's just interesting that Bitcoin ran up from $4,000 in 2020 to $69,000, um, crashed all the way back down to 30, back up to 69 odd, uh, crashed all the way back down to 17. And throughout all of that volatility, throughout all of those upward price swings and throughout all of those downward price swings, um, no real coins flooded onto exchanges. Like from the run from four thousand dollars to sixty nine thousand, um, I think it was around seventy to eighty thousand coins were sent to the exchanges to take some profit and sell a little bit of Bitcoin. But a sixty to seventy thousand uh, dollar, sixty to seventy thousand coins flowing onto exchanges did not change the macro downtrend of eight hundred thousand coins leaving the exchanges. So that's how I see the next five years playing out. 
I think Bitcoin's going to fly up to $500,000 a coin. And sure, you're probably going to get another 60 or 70,000 Bitcoins uh, be sent to exchanges and sold. But I think on the other side of that selling, what you're going to see is the largest capital allocators in the world continue to allocate to Bitcoin, whether that be Microsoft with $250 billion of cash or Apple with $200 billion of cash or even nation states. So I think as coins leave exchanges, it's going to become incredibly volatile and i expect it to be incredibly positive on the bitcoin price sure but we're in an environment where nobody's buying bitcoin because we're in a depression everybody's buying bitcoin the only reason price is suppressed is because you have idiots like SBF who have 1.4 billion dollars of uh paper bitcoin shorts meanwhile they're not holding any bitcoin on their balance sheet when the coin's uh, all off the exchanges, you're going to see the true price of Bitcoin reflected in the free. Yeah, market. but Luke, this isn't just Bitcoin. No one's buying anything else in the market because, again, we're like in a depression and with high interest rates, no one has the liquidity to keep buying. Like, I understand that retail buys aren't really going to affect the price. Maybe that's why we're not seeing moves. But I mean, to me, in just my Blame is like dumbassery analysis because no one else is buying anything else in the market. I don't really see how that could really affect the price of the upside. Now, I think it could also go 50 50 because, like, the lack of volatility in Bitcoin and the lack of volume that we're seeing on exchanges, it could just take one big move to, you know, to the upside or the downside. But I think that the amount of people that are hodling are are giving us that support level that we need. And I also believe that there was some, I mean, we saw Bitcoin run up to 22,000 before this crash. And I think that was kind of a coordinated tactic. So either by the banks with futures markets or whatever, but I think that was somewhat coordinated that way because the banks love Bitcoin, as we know. And I think that was coordinated so that they knew they were going to attack FTX. And they knew that, doing that would cause Bitcoin to go down. But they kind of suppressed how much it would go down by running up to 22,000 and only going down to like 15.8. So maybe if they're feeling generous again, they would do a similar thing. But for, I don't know, the next 18 months, maybe that's a little too bearish. But I still see, uh, aside from like a Q4 happy Merry Christmas closing where markets all tend to rally, I, I don't really see like a big kind of uptick in Bitcoin price for the next 18 months. Yeah, I don't know where Bitcoin's going to be in the next six months. Uh, I don't do short-term price predictions. I think 18 months out, I think Bitcoin's well above its all-time high again uh, by an absolute long shot. I, I think price of Bitcoin is set on the margins. Um, even if there is low volume in Bitcoin, um, if there's less sellers, um, then there is buyers. I think that's enormously positive for Bitcoin. Um, just to the point about volume, recently on that crash down, where, where was the actual bottom? Was it like $15,000 recently? That's like fifteen eight, I think. Yeah, so on that bottom, that day that we bottomed, we actually saw higher volume than we did in the March 2020 COVID crash. So there's, I think there's definitely volume um, in the markets. I just believe the price of Bitcoin has been suppressed by paper Bitcoin um, in the past 18, 24 months. I agree. I mean, the, the key is you don't want to 
you don't want to overextend yourself. You know, like I always say, don't buy Bitcoin with money that you need in the near future. Make it money that you're okay with stashing away for four years and not worrying about. Um, but then also, um, you know, none of this is financial advice, but that's just what I would say to do. And, but you also don't want to like hesitate, like, oh, I'm going to catch it at a lower price if you have some of that cash. So they there because one of these days, we don't know when that'll be, but there will be that day where it's just, it takes off again. And you're like, whoops, um, should have been buying, yeah. should have been buying the whole time, you know? So yeah, if um, you have cash now, like buy as much as you can, because I don't think it's unreasonable in, you know, less than a year, Bitcoin doubles what it's at now. You can, you know, take some, some profit there, like two X, whatever, if you need fiat. Yeah. But, um, but ultimately, I mean, I don't know. I just, I just don't see how, I don't know. I, what's going to be the catalyst that pushes us the next time around? I mean, so have you guys heard the theory that people have been floating out there that basically the, um, the having came early? What? Because I, I should have fleshed this out in my mind a little bit more before I started talking about it. But um, it was basically that saying that uh, the amount of um, supply, quote unquote, that SBF liquidated um, means that the that the having uh, kind of came early, like the shock, the supply shock uh, came early. Oh, well, that sounds kind of like a moon boy theory, but that'd be cool. Yeah, be interesting. Um, but then again, like. Because there's the weird thing of like all the people that, you know, get burned and they don't get their coins are going to be pissed, obviously. And then if the price of Bitcoin starts to run, they're going to be trying to buy their real coins and move them into real storage. So that could get interesting or it could make the price heat up. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm just in this accumulation stage where I'm like you know telling people if you can accumulate add to your stack don't worry about the price jesus christ like you know just everybody gets so worked up you can you can hear the hopium in people's voices like it, it kills me on it kills me in twitter spaces you can you can hear you can tell how much somebody's dependent on the price going up you can hear it in their voice and um and so everybody needs to just not worry about the price going up. So I don't know. What do you guys think? I yeah. think the point you made about leverage is a good one. Um, like I was easily the, probably one of the more bullish people um, on Bitcoin Twitter in 2021. Um, and I don't think I ever recommended anyone ever take on leverage. It's very simple. Bitcoin in cold storage, not your keys, not your coins. Don't over leverage yourself. Very simple. Doesn't matter how bullish you are. I'm, never going to recommend anyone take on leverage. So I think that's sound advice. Um, yeah. I mean, the point about hopium, it's uh, your price is absolutely irrelevant. Um, I think uh, like I'm obviously, I see Bitcoin being adopted in a very rapid way, a very accelerated timeline. And I always like to remind people, I don't want Bitcoin to be $20 million by 2030. I personally, what I want, I want Bitcoin to be, 
under $20,000 for the next decade. That's what I want. I'm going to accumulate more Bitcoin. I just don't think it's going to play out like that because the markets tend to punish, um, they tend to punish the most amount of people. And right now, nobody, everybody's expecting Bitcoin to be adopted very slowly, all this talk about diminishing returns, all this talk about Bitcoin performing poorly for the next 24 months because global recession, global depression. I just don't think it's going to play out like that. We'll see what happens. We shall see. Um, well, I don't know. We'll see. I think I think there'll be a run up. I think we'll just I mean this is I think this is so much longer of a play than I even initially thought whenever I got into Bitcoin. Um I was so afraid that I was late. And now I'm like, oh no, I'm I'm so early. Um so uh yeah, let's uh hit a couple other points. Um uh, Phil, I know you wanted to talk about the false flag. Um, well, and... speaking of seeing, let's talk about CBDCs. Yes. In the worst pun ever. Um, but there was a lot of fight going around about the Federal Reserve Bank of New York saying that they're going to do a pilot pro- program for a CBDC. Uh, it seems like nobody actually read that report on the Fed Bank of New York's website where it strictly says it's for a wholesale CBDC, which basically is an updated version of Swift because it's slow and archaic. I mean, it's basically using like the telephone for communication. And uh, that's really all this is. And of course, everybody wants to run with the headline like, oh, the digital panopticon CBDC at the retail level is here. So uh, I guess this FUD is good for reminding people that not your keys, not your cheese kind of thing. And like, this is why Bitcoin is a nice loop around escape from a digital panopticon. But people need to remember that the Fed doesn't want to retail CBDC because Fed shareholders don't want to retail CBDC. Here are the Fed shareholders, the commercial banks, the 12 regional Fed banks. And if you have a retail CBDC, they go away and they lose their power. And the Fed banks are the uh, the the banking industry is the largest uh, like lobbying backer in the world. I mean, every private equity person will go get preferential rates to get lobby Congress and all this, and that's how they get their shit done. And the creation and preservation of private capital is important because that's how you basically see all your roads and your buildings and all this infrastructure around you. Because I mean, it's all about the shareholders and what their interests are in those banks. So you're basically talking about the creation and destruction of private capital in the United States and what we have left of capitalism as we understand it. And this capitalism isn't the best thing whatsoever, but it's not communism what, <laughs> like what the World Economic Forum wants. So as far as I'm concerned, as long as Powell is at the helm and is completely fucking and bankrupting Europe and Davos, we're not going to see CBDC anytime soon, folks. So you can sleep well at night. Yeah, I think it's going to be a while before we see or worry about something like that. Um, now, Europe, on the other hand, is screwed, uh, maybe. You saw uh, Rishi Sunak, the now uh, new left-appointed dictator uh, of the UK, because they more or less like, did a coup over there. And a couple weeks ago, he came out with a report how uh, they need to move with haste for a CBDC at the retail level. But again, these Davos trolls are having to move with haste because they're running out of time because they're quickly being bankrupt. And there was another thing about how all these Euro banks are having to extend and pretend their loans with this uh, ECB. 
and they're running out of uh, liquidity as well. I can share that article with y'all if you'd like in the chat, but uh, it's not looking good for Europe. And we can segue into the whole false flag thing in Ukraine, which is exactly what this missile thing was. They're that desperate to drag the United States into a war. And that is arguably the only way the Fed pivots. So this is just kind of like a, a similar thing of the, the UN coming out a few weeks ago saying, oh, Jerome Powell, please stop raising rates. We, we're begging you. Uh, Jerome doesn't give a shit. So again, the only way that Davos wins and deficit spends U.S. into oblivion and forcing them to do so, like they forced them to do so with the COVID spending, is to get them to fight Europe's war for them once again, like they did in the other world wars. And it's not going to happen. Well, I won't say that, but there are people within the State Department and DOD that are just like, this is stupid. And even uh, Piotr, I forget his last name, but guy that is um, big into geopolitics, I think he works at the World Bank. And he always kind of approaches things in like a, in like a politically correct uh, narrative. And I basically said, so Piotr was a false flag? He's like, yes. And it was kind of very uh, revealing to me for someone at that caliber kind of like agreeing with what this was. Because the, the missile, it was like owned by Ukraine. And it, it's just, again, this like European Russophobia and racism. And that, that's what basically this comes down to. And their, their, their goal of taking back the world island and having America fight the war for them or NATO. So... Uh, with the uh, powers that be and the bifurcation in Washington, I feel like there is a strong repugnance to not go to World War. Uh, and that's my theory of why Team Fed worked with China to take down uh, FTX because China doesn't want World War. And so they decided to destroy uh, Davos's honeypot of the creation of euro dollars in the digital realm, which are CBDCs. I mean, not CBDCs, uh, stable coins. So nobody wants to go to war and they're all just trying to bankrupt Davos as soon as possible to prevent them from doing something stupid like doing a false flag that will actually send nukes off. I'm a big fan of anyone that doesn't want to go to war. <laughs> however we get however we do that. Um Yeah, I don't I don't have anything really to add to that. Do you, Luke? No. Not really. No. <laughs> Synopsis of the situation. What's um, going on? Um, yeah, that's how I see it all unfolding as well. Um, uh, what do you guys think about the potential of this like gross organization FTX? Not to go back to that and harp on that too much, but like the weirdness around it, and then like how weird is it that like New York times and like Forbes are putting out these puff pieces? Like, I don't know. It just kind of creeps me out that they're like, so on board with them. <laughs> like, no, like no, New York times and um, Forbes. Yeah. Davos owns pieces. the mainstream media. Like this isn't a shocker to anyone. Although there's a Forbes article that basically, I really don't know where the mainstream media is standing with this. Like, so the recent Forbes article basically said the CEO, Harry Potter looking nerdy chick who runs Alameda, they called her like alt-right. And so this is just kind of like the boomer readers that read Forbes. I guess mainstream media is trying to send out to them that, hey, boomers, if you're out of touch with this crypto thing, it's bad. And so they're probably maybe trying to 
think FTX going down, that's a way for them to blame Bitcoin for this. Mm. Because at the end of the day, like any crypto that powers that be at Davos can't control, it, I mean, it's a direct threat to them. So they're probably just trying to send signals to like the boomer readers at Forbes, like, oh, yeah, uh, alt right, boo, bad, um, you know, keep voting blue, and Bitcoin's just the devil, maybe. And and I think that's a, kind of like a hand waving thing and distraction to blame Bitcoin and let SBF get off scot free, because this guy's got deep ties and I don't really see him doing any jail time. And in fact, I've also seen rumors that uh, he's going to spin up another company, and like you know, the elitist one percent will want to get like one percent of like equity in that new company, so they can just keep doing their money laundering schemes. So that's why I'm looking at this. <sighs> doesn't sound good so they're gonna no. make so he's gonna get off yeah. he's gonna be he's gonna be good to go um unlike birdie made off you he, he will act, he'll actually get off he yeah he gave he, he gave the demo what go ahead no if you give if you give someone 30 million dollars they're not going to put you in jail I actually, did he did he donate even more to the Democrats? Forty million, I believe. Yeah, it was yeah. forty, and then like this, like political cycle. I think he was going to give them like a total of three hundred million or something. Nine hundred. Was it that much? Holy shit! I don't know. It was some ridiculous number that I heard Marty Ben talk about on Glenn Beck, which was fucking awesome. How he was able to get that gig. <laughs> that was pretty crazy. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's. It's just a a weird, weird time in the world um, in general, but uh, it's pretty weird in Bitcoin right now. Yeah. Um, uh, so yeah, anything else you guys? Any other topics you guys wanted to hit on? Um, Fez Bullard is a badass by just being super hawkish and sending the S and P in a little tizzy the other day. So again, just more evidence that Fed's not going to pivot or lower rates anytime soon. But again, I'm like, I'm flip-flopping on the idea, like maybe that's not going to be the case because I've seen Daniel DiMartino Booth comment on somebody saying they're going to lower to 50 and then the next one 25 and then 25 after that and it's just going to be cyclical. And I saw Martina Booth like quote tweet that saying like the goal was always 50, but like maybe that's more hand-waving. I don't really know what that looks like. So there's two different strategies that I see happening. One, Powell's just going to be a baller and do like 75 next, you know, two times mm. he raises and then maybe get lower to 50 and then like keep it. Like I would love like what Tom says, like we're going to 6% and stay in like that'd be awesome. But then maybe he wants to like be nicer to his shareholders up on Wall Street and and slowly kind of like roll it off a little bit and like do, do 50, then 25, then 25, then just stay there. So um, I don't, it really kind of all depends. I don't know what it's going to look like, but any narrative that is out there, the F- Fed takes advantage of it to raise rates as far as I'm seeing things. Because look, one narrative is that, oh, inflation's high. We need to keep raising rates and uh, or CPI is high. Then on the flip side of that, you know, every time that Powell raises rates, the market tends to rally. And then people are like, oh, this is this is great. This gives the Fed plenty of room to raise rates again. So it's like they can't really lose in any of these narrative battles because they just take advantage of what the headline is and run with it and use that as an excuse to keep raising. 
So who really knows at this point? Like, I know it's just going to still remain hawkish, even if they do kind of do that slow roll, cutting to 50 to 25 to 25. Still, like, it's unprecedented what any Fed chair has done for the past, like, 20 plus years. So, I mean, not even 20 plus, like, fucking since uh, Volcker. So we're coming up like 30, 40 years, whatever. So it's still pretty hawkish from as far as I see. But what exactly the plan is going to be, I don't know. But the it's going to remain hawkish to avoid us into getting into World War Three. Yeah. I hope, uh, I don't know. I hope they raise the rates. Let's get to 10%. <laughs> Let's get to 10. Let's get to 10%. Let's just rug pull every fiat bro there just make them all feel poor because that's what they like to say like yeah pal wants everybody to feel poor right now and be poor just but again it's just like ripping off that band-aid so who knows we're just talking out of our ass by this point yeah um well yeah that's all i got for now if you guys have anything else you want to share or close uh the new ceo of ftx says this is a complete failure i just he he was the guy that (laughs) oversaw enron's um, oh, the CEO or the lawyer? Because there's a new CEO that came. I in. can't remember. Anyway, somebody that oversaw the Enron debacle—that was a lawyer. Cleanup. He said it. It's way worse than Enron. Yeah. Which Enron happened when you guys were like four, so I don't even know if you guys remember Enron. No, I mean I know of it. I yeah. don't even know about like the Theranos thing. You guys were still shit in your diapers uh what what year was enron like 2002 uh, 2001 2002 somewhere around there oh maybe 2000 i can't remember anyways not important um you guys were you guys are still soiling your diapers so uh well before my time (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah all right well everybody we appreciate it you got to check out uh the episodes we've done uh recently and luke just released one with tom luongo um i haven't got a chance to listen to it but uh but i will be tuning in um and uh we appreciate you guys as always also make sure you get your bitbox o2 hardware wallet and get your keys off or coins sorry your coins off the exchange thanks to btc pup for making sure that i say coins instead of keys um because i'm a noob and i don't want to sound like a boob um so anyways uh and also if you guys uh want to help movies plus we're kind of getting censored by like i don't know the whole world um go check out q sent me it's the docuseries about the q shaman uh the man with the red white and blue face paint at the capitol that you un- no doubt in the, in the have buffalo seen horns. pictures of yeah wearing the buffalo horns you no doubt have seen him you know who he is and we have the only interview with him so uh we're also getting heavily censored at the moment so if you could go uh want to give a you know uh middle finger to the man and uh sign up for movies plus use promo code Corey, you'll get a nice little discount it'll knock the price down to two bucks a month for you and yeah, yeah. Uh, sign up mymoviesplus.com and just on that if you're butthurt about uh your vote being stolen well that's not gonna be the case if you join movies plus because really if you think if you think about it it's a vote for free speech like we're working our asses off to get the best content on there as possible that you can't find anywhere else we're gonna have some exclusive uh people come on board 
and uh, deliver the highest quality and the highest of signal. So, yeah, if you're tired of all this propaganda bullshit and having your tax dollars go fund um, people that take over your government and fund wars, then vote for Movies Plus so you can escape from all, all that. So uncuck yourself. Yep. Uncuck yourself. We appreciate you guys as always, and we will catch you next time. Adios.